Firm Foundation is an outreach of the Primitive Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. New Bildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Bildad Road each Sunday morning at 10.30 and Wednesday night at 6.30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rock community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Ricky Arnold, pastor at the Mount View Church. I'd like to begin in the Gospel of John. Gospel of John chapter 1. 
Let's begin reading at verse 15, and we will come back as if God will bless us and end in this same chapter. But in the 15th verse of chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, it says, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Two separate and distinct things are made made reference to here. It says, the law was given by Moses, and the law came first, and it came first for a reason. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ that the law was a perfect law. God gave a perfect law. You would expect no less from a perfect God. And when I say perfect, it means He was perfect in every way. It means He was sinless, holy, just, righteous. Every way that He can be examined and measured, He met the criteria. He was the definition of each of those characters. That God is holy, righteous, just. So a holy, righteous, just God would give a holy, righteous, just law. What is the problem? That man is sinful by the actions of Adam. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But the law was a works-based system. If you could keep the law, you you could be just in the eyes of God. You could be complete if you could keep the law. But the problem was, let's examine what the Word of God says concerning us and the law. Now God gave a law that was perfectly right. But in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, it says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now understand, justified is a legal term in which we're declared not guilty. We're declared free from the penalty of God's punishment through justification. But this has just told us in what God's Word says that no flesh, there's not anyone that's going to be able to keep God's law. It says, by the law shall no flesh be justified. That, And it goes on in this same chapter and says, do not frustrate the grace of God. Now we're going to get to the grace of God in just a minute. But it says, for if righteousness came of the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you could do what was necessary to get yourself to heaven and and justify yourselves in the eyes of God the Father, there'd have been no need for Jesus Christ to have come here. There'd have been no need for Him to have died. In this same book of Galatians, look right over into chapter 3 and verse 11. It says, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident the just shall live by faith. Now, it says, no man is justified by the law. Well, then what was the purpose of the law? 
if we can't get to heaven, if we can't be uh, uh, justified in the eyes of God by what we do, what was the purpose of giving this law? It has a purpose. In this same third chapter of Galatians, listen to what it says. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now, understand something. That justified by faith is we might lay hold on the finished work of Jesus Christ in our feeble, sinful mind and know that that's how we are justified is by His blood. Now, understand something. It says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. The law was sent to teach us one thing. Now, what was it sent to teach us? Understand something. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What's that mean? It says even if you weren't brought up under the law, even if you were not of the old Jewish uh, law system that the very creation of this of of this entire earth testifies that there is a God and man's going to be without excuse. He can't say, "Well, I didn't know what God." You know, the world testifies that there is a God, and He's holy, and that He's righteous. So, man is. It tells us that in chapter two of the same uh, book of Romans. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whatso, uh, whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. It teaches us that we are sinners. It teaches us that everything about this earth teaches us that God is holy and righteous, that He is the infinite Creator, and we are without an excuse. That's what the law does for us. Now listen, let's go right over to the third chapter of the book of Romans. And uh, let us begin at verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? No in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. You see, that was the point of the law, was to teach us just how sinful we are and what a great need we have for a Savior. You see, the law was never going to make us just in the eyes of God. It was to prove to us that we can't be just in the eyes of God by our own actions or by our own works. And you see, dear children, there's a multitude of people in this world that are still trying to justify themselves by their works. But works will not get us to heaven. Now, we ought to maintain good works to honor and glorify God. But they will. if you're going to weigh my good against my bad, I'm going to come up short. And so is everybody else walking the face of this earth. Now, let's understand what this teaches us. Who we are. That's what the law does. It teaches us when you see how holy and right and just God's law is, it tells us what sin is. Listen to who we are in the light of that, of that word. In verse 10 of now of the third chapter of the book of Romans, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. How many are doing good and right? None. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. 
Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and the world may become guilty before God. You see, that's what the law did. It teaches us that we're guilty. We don't, what we deserve is God's punishment. And when you talk about salvation completely by the grace and by the grace of God, a lot of people say, well, that's just not fair. I don't want God to be fair. If He's going to be fair, I'm in trouble. And so is everybody else. I want God to be gracious. And we're going to get to grace in just a minute. It says in verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in His sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's what he's talking about over there in Galatians where he said the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It was to teach us that we're sinful and that we need a Savior. That is the whole purpose of God's law is to teach us how sinful we are. And we are sinful. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and are upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That puts us in a bad shape, don't it? Well, what what is our answer then? Verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We're justified not by the law, not by our works, not by what we did, but by the grace of Jesus Christ. That's the only way we'll ever be justified in the eyes of God the Father is through the work of Jesus Christ and His grace. Grace is unmerited favor bestowed upon an unworthy character. If you deserved it, if you had to do something to get it, it's not grace. What about this grace? While we're still in Romans, let's look right over into the fifth chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5, let's start at verse 17 to understand why we're sinners and how we're going to be justified. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now what's that verse right there taught us? By one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and passed death upon all men. The hope comes through Jesus Christ. Now remember our text? The law came by Moses. The law only taught us how sinful we are. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now we're going to see what grace delivers to us. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men unto condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Now, that all men there, it's not all the Adamic race, it's all men who have the justification unto life. That's through the grace of Jesus Christ. It says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that where sin abounded, 
Then the law teaches us that sin abounds in us. It, that the grace of God did much more abound. Grace came by Jesus Christ. You see, the law came by Moses and taught us how sinful we are, but grace came by Jesus Christ and taught us who our Savior is and how we're going to, how anybody's going to reach heaven someday. Right. Let's turn right over into the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and we'll learn some very essential things to the doctrine of grace in chapter 2. Again, it would be good to read the entire book of Ephesians and get what the true doctrine teaches. In chapter 2, it lays things out clearly. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. This teaches new birth. And you hath he quickened. The word quickened means to make alive. You can look it up uh, from the original Greek. And you hath he quickened who were crippled in sin, wounded in sin, set back in sin. No, it said we're dead. Now how dead's dead? He says He made you alive. And that's the new birth. That's the sovereign operation of God. That's the first thing we see here in these Scriptures. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein time passed, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now what did it just teach? It teaches exactly what the law taught. It teaches the depravity of man. We're sinners. we got no hope by ourselves. But now we said we had a new, bo- a new birth. How did that come? It says, but God who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together by Christ, by grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Now, let's understand what that teaches us. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Both the grace and the faith are a gift of God. And it plainly tells you, it's not by works. And if you've got to do something to, to obtain it, then you had to work for it. And it plainly says, it's not by works. Paul said, if it's grace, it's no more works. If it's works, it's no more grace. You can't have it both ways. That's what came by Jesus Christ. We're justified by His grace. And that's what it, what we read over there already in the third chapter of the book of Romans. We're justified by His grace. That came by Jesus Christ. But it says in our text in John, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Alright, let's go to the Gospel of John. Chapter 14. This is Jesus speaking to His disciples. What is the truth that we desperately need? The truth came of Jesus Christ. This chapter opens, and I hear this used at a lot of funerals, and there's nothing wrong with using that at a funeral. But it's good. It's for everyday living. Starts off 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, says, Let not your heart... This is Jesus talking. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now let's understand something. Some people have got the notion that... Jesus is over there building everybody. Everybody signs up. I'm going to build them a home. I'm going to build them a place. I'm fixing a place in heaven. That's not what that verse said. In my Father's house are. They're there now, Brother, Brother Ronnie. Yeah. 
Heaven is equipped to house every child of God. Has been from the very beginning. Where was Jesus going to prepare a place for you? He was going to the cross of Calvary. Somebody didn't pay your sin and justify you in the eyes of God the Father. You're not going to get to that place. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, in the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord... We know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Now here's the thing. And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ. Now there's a lot. There's some heavy duty celebrities in this world that want to promote that there's multiple ways to God. But that's not true. There's only one way. Jesus Christ. Now this, in in the eyes of, of, of the liberal world that we live in and the world that's been influenced by Satan, this is a politically incorrect statement. Oh, this will offend somebody. No, it's the truth. What is the truth? Jesus Christ is. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not a way, He's the way. He's the only way that anyone will inhabit heaven someday. Let's understand what that teaches. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, what is this great truth? While we're in the Gospel of John, turn right over into chapter 6. And in verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him hath may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now what did Jesus say? All that the Father gave him are going to come to him. All of them. And how many did he say he was going to lose? None. In the uh, verse 44 of this same says, Jesus says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. You can't come apart from the power of God. That's the only way. What's the truth? The truth is, man can't come on his own. Man can't justify himself on his own. It has to be done by Jesus Christ. Now that's what Jesus Himself said. That's the truth. Now you go down here in this same chapter, just a little further at about verse 60. And many therefore of His disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Now what's their trouble? The trouble is that Jesus has taught what the Bible's been teaching the whole time. That man can't do this on his own. He has to do it. You can't get to God any other way than through Jesus Christ, and it has to be on the work of Jesus Christ, not on the work of man. And they said, wait a minute now. And when Jesus knew in Himself that His disciples murmured at it, He said, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Well, here, let me correct that. Let, let me put you at ease. No, that's not what Jesus did. And what and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life. But there be some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were. Not singular. He's not just talking about Judas Iscariot. 
He said, He knew who they were that believed not and who should betray Him. And He said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto Me except it were given unto him of My Father. Jesus said, they were offended by it. What did Jesus do? He said it again. You can't do this without Me. And dear children, you... Jesus delivered grace and truth. Well, the grace is that we're forgiven for our sins because of His sacrifice. And the truth is, that's the only way that anybody will inhabit heaven. It's through the grace and the work of Jesus Christ. And that's what He taught and that's what He preached. And it's not about man and it's not about what man can do. It's about grace and truth. Well, let's look at some more grace and truth in the first chapter of Ephesians where we were. Let's begin at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places according as He hath chosen us in in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Now that's truth. That it's about what God purposed to do and it's only about what He can do. That's how grace came. That it teaches us over in 1 Peter. And I'm going to bring this and I'm going to go back to our text in just a minute. In 1 Peter, if you read the first chapter, it teaches us plainly that uh, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, there's the whole plan of salvation. God the Father is going to purpose to save the people. Jesus Christ is going to shed His blood and the Holy Spirit to make it known. Let's look at verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who barely was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, and your faith and hope might be in God. You see, dear children, our hope is in God down to verse 24. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The plan of salvation, the truth is that it's by the grace of God, delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now back to our text in Gospel of John, chapter 1. Now it said, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Before that, it makes a statement that we need to see and understand. Let's start at verse 11 of Gospel of John chapter 1. But he came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, now that's a receiving of him in the new birth, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. Now the word power in that verse. Got a footnote in my Bible. You can look it up in Strong's. This is what he believes. It's the right or privilege. What does that mean? Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, you've got the right and the privilege to be known as a son of God, as a child of God. Now, how does that come? Verse 13, which were born, not of blood. It's not about being a Jew. It's not about bloodline. Nor of the will of the flesh. It's not about your free will or what you can do. Nor of the will of man. 
but of God. This, this, what's the grace? The grace is that God saves sinners. He says that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He says that Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. And it's all about what God can do. That's grace and that's truth. May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Thank you for listening. You may write to the Firm Foundation in care of Ricky Arnold, 328 R. Arnold Road, Smithville, Tennessee, 37166. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you is my prayer.